Hey everybody, this is Matthew Krauss, and you are listening to the podcast, Working Drummer. Today you can hear my interview with Kevin Murphy. For the last five years, Kevin's been the powerhouse drummer for country singer Randy Hauser, and before that, toured for 11 years with the band Tonic. We talk about his work as a full-time drummer for over two decades, and the influence that growing up in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area has had on his drumming style. Find out more about this podcast and other podcasts. Go to workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Twitter at working underscore drummer, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash working drummer. You can always go to iTunes and subscribe to us where you can get the podcast streaming on your smart device. There's also a comment section where you can rate and review our podcast on iTunes. And if you have a second and you like what you hear, please go there and uh, write something nice about us. That'd be awesome. So without further ado, here is Kevin Murphy. So what's your... I mean, are you using the 26 out on the road with yeah, Randy? Uh, that's all I ever use. I mean, I'll go into the studio and I'll occasionally use a 20. Really? Yeah. From 26 to 20? Yeah. It's in the like studio. You say, oh, just, you know, bring it down to 24. But. Uh-uh. No, I, 24 is my favorite. My favorite all-around drum size is the yeah. 24. Yeah. Are you already, are you, were you already doing this? this is yeah, we're rolling. rolling, man. Sorry about the glasses. Can I just go ahead? You can do whatever it? you want to do. Can I acknowledge that I have a stress-induced sty in my eye? Uh there you go. You got a little bit of a Billy Joel thing going on, man. The glasses. I really do. Congratulations on your new wife and everything. And, <laughs> you know, why don't you write any more music, man? Come on. Exactly. It's been a long dude. time. Been a long time, uh, man. And while you're here, you want me to sign, you sign this for yeah, me? I'll sign it for you later. You know what? Awesome, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna sneak in here one time and sign that thing for you. <laughs> I'm gonna find Billy Joel's signature somewhere. Don't look that I paid ninety nine cents for it. That's you know what. That's, that was Canadian dollars, so actually it was probably seventy three cents. Yeah, in the yeah. Exchange rate. You got that for like a pack of Bubblicious. No, they don't I get gum up there. No, they don't. They don't do that. It's all maple. Yeah, they just chew on hard maple. <laughs> um, no, I so use nice. the. Um, yeah, I use a twenty six on the road. Um, my favorite, I think, my favorite drum is a twenty four by fourteen ish, fourteen maybe fifteen, maybe as deep as sixteen. Um, that's where it feels. The, oh, sorry. This is probably driving. This is probably no. It's this, totally is cool, this yeah. picking up on that and making it really sound? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a noodler. I'll, I'll, we'll get the uh, we'll get the moon gel pad out. You can I'll draw it. pictures or like smoke, chain smoke cigars or like pet a cat <laughs> or dog. Hit the emergency. I'm a little bummed out that you took your dog out of the room because I mean I would just have that puppy in my lap. He's he's right there. Oh, there, he's yep, out there. There you go, Pax. Yeah, Pax the dog. Um, no, I love a 24. Uh, played one for years. I like the uh, Randy's um, Randy's music. There's not a lot of really like up up tempo stuff. Um, Ben Ben and I were Ben Caesar um, Paisley's drummer uh, and I were never heard of him. Nah, he's just weird. He's this weird guy that just kind of pushes his glasses <laughs> up all the time. Um, <laughs> now Ben and I have talked about this because he was he was remarking last summer we toured together and. Um, he was remarking on how big everything was on my kit. And 
you know, we it, it t- t- takes 15 seconds to realize that, well, when you're playing for Paisley and a lot of it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like busy yeah. and you have to be because the songs are up tempo and they're high energy and mm-hmm. a lot of crazy noodling that Brad wants to do. And, and, um, you, you can't, ha- you don't, you can't have anything too big. If you have a 22 inch crash, that's going to hover for right, seven right. or eight sure, seconds sure. before it, before the mic stopped picking it up. There's no room for that. You yeah. got to have, he has those thinnish minels that are like, I think he's got as big as a 20. I think his ride's a little bigger than that. He's got some 18s, you know, and, but he's got to hit them and they got to get out of the way. Yeah. They got to get out of Brad's way. And there's like five other dudes on stage doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's a pretty, robust gig for notes you know and he couldn't he, he doesn't have room for a 24 inch crash yeah, which is what good, i play that's a good point i mean just i think a, a lot of times as things have gotten bigger and there's just there's been this trend towards bigger drums mm-hmm. and uh just about a uh, maybe a year and a half ago i got a gretch and it's uh 13 16 24 attaboy and but the band like that the I work with too you ever hit the gretch fit the fifth like the 15 inch floor tom that's what like, that is in there i know Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. Well, it, it, I, I'm kind of realizing that the band that that, that keeps me busiest um, is a real high energy, lots of notes kind of situation, and I like it. But here's what it's forced me to do: play less. Yeah. And think about what has to be done. There's less sixteenths and more eights and more quarters and big quarters. And you want you may not play. With your kick just going all night, you might yeah. go boom, 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 yeah, cut, boom. You have to leave more space because the drums, and especially if you play bigger cymbals, the drums, they, they, the instrument takes up more room, right? And uh, I know that with Hauser, you know, I think you know, Boots is one seventeen. I think there's another song we do occasionally on the long set that's one twenty three. Everything else is between. 70 and 94 beats oh, per minute. Oh, wow. So there's so, I mean, it's like, boom, gah, uh, crack. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. there's a lot of room for it. You know, I have, my cymbals are Pisces, and um, it's a combination of 2002s and giant beats. And my smallest cymbal on the drum set is a 20. Okay. And it goes 20, 24, 24, 24, 22. And there's room. And the kit and the drums are Ludwig's, um, and it's 14, 16, 18, 26. Jeez, geez. and so everything's big. And the kick drum has nothing in it. There's one felt on the front head that what Tucker kind of Wilson heads? put on there. Um, <laughs> Aquarians, Aquarians, and I use the Deep Vintage Two, which is uh, kind of like a suede. Kinda yeah, like right. A, you right, know, sure. Um, and I'm still, I'm still messing with the. Tom's. I, luckily, Danny Poland, who is my front of house engineer, is one of the few guys in that I've run into in this town that don't have a preconceived notion of what you need to have and sound like and use. Everybody else, they're like, no, oh, well, you need to put more stuff in that kit. They'll just tell you. You need to. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll walk up to the drummer and go, you need to uh, tune this different. <laughs> and it's like, can, can, can I cuss? I can't cuss. Yeah, I shouldn't cuss. You can cuss. do anything you want. Man. Yeah, you want to go, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, I got hired to play drums like me. He saw me somewhere else, and he liked what that was. This is how I sound. Right. It's right. not just in my hands. Like, this is what I want mm-hmm. to, to for this dude's art or whatever, and the statement that we all are trying to make together. This is what I want. Don't tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell me what you want. 
I mean, I'll work with. Have you. you had that situation before? I have, and I'm. And the funny thing is, I'm not. I'm, I'm not being a total dick about it. I mean, I get that they have a job as well, and their job is to take what we're doing on stage and reinforce it and bring it to people. Yeah. Because without those mains, no one hears me, and no one hears Randy, and no one hears anything. And I get that they they have to fit everything in, mm-hmm. but. I get a little indignant when they write out of the gates, when they'll say, like, I need you to do this. You know, I, I would rather work with them. And Danny is perfect. He's been playing. He's been with me for a couple years now on the road, and he's been used to Sonar SQ2s, very modern-sounding drum set. Right. You know, and when I brought these Ludwigs out, um, and Ludwig built these for me, and they're, 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 they're basically WFLs. Oh, they're, cool. So what's the shell? Is mahogany, mahogany poplar, mahogany three ply with a maple reinforcement ring. Nice. I mean, they're nasty. Wow. <laughs> God, wow. they are nasty. And they they want to sound exactly the way I have them tuned. Well, the way I had Tucker Wilson tune them. <laughs> 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 I had Tucker and Rob Mitchell and like all my guys at my house. I was just like, tune them like Bonham. I'll be back in three days, you know, and. And they, you know, we just need to get Tucker on here. I talked to him. Uh, Tucker's a, a, I mean, you know what? I think briefly I talked to him, but uh, I need to get him on here with the video, and, and uh, we'll just we'll just set up some times. It sounds like he's doing a good job tuning. And uh, man, you know what? Tucker's thing is, man, he's a Bonham kid, and I am too. I always was, but my ears are a little wonky, and I get really frustrated when mm-hmm. I'm tuning bottom heads. They drive me nuts. Yeah, I hate them. I want somebody. I want to have a guy that just comes in and tunes my bottom heads. And big drums typically aren't the easiest thing to tune. They're not. And you know, honestly, I've never been. Um, I'm not a real gear nerd, so yeah. I've never sat at my house and like, you know, I've tuned marching drums and I've, you know, I've tuned, but I don't like it. A lot of guys like love that process. Yeah. They stretch out the heads and let them wait for 15 minutes. They stretch them out again and they really think about it. I hate that. Yeah. I would rather... I bury my heads in the backyard and I'd re- I go get them like two years later. That's what I do with symbols. Wait, is it... That's what I do with symbols. Oh, man, I should have... I uh, had that completely backwards. Oh, I've been standing on my symbols and stretching. Oh, I'm just, man. Yeah, well, you know, it, that El- works too. When they them. fold inward, right. when they invert, that's the sweetest sound you can get. Right. No, I... um. But this is the most we've talked about gear I can... I think I can. T- I know you say you're not, a ge- and I'm not a gear guy either. Yeah, and honestly, we don't talk a lot about gear Mm-mm. on this thing. Good, but you well, know, you know, I say good. I know what you're saying. There's a lot of guys that will want to hear that. You know, um, I don't, and yeah. and I think there's a lot of other dudes that that kind of get it. That it's each it's, it's each person. It's not a matter of pride. I'm not saying that. Oh, we don't talk about gear. It just it hasn't. Uh, it, it hasn't come up so much, but it, it, except for the times that it's related to something that's important that needs to be done. Or something specific. Yeah. You know, the gear will change depending on if the artist wants it changed or if you want it changed or whatever, the gear's going to change. Yeah. Or like in this case, I wanted, you know, I, you know, found a home with Ludwig. Um, love the A&R lot. I love the A&R guy. And, and, uh, How long ago? Is that oh, recent? Just beginning of this year. Well, at the end of last year and beginning of this year, we worked it out, and the kit came in. Nice. It's um, a beautiful kit. It looks, it looks vintage. It looks it's, it's, it, I, I, I had to. Well, let me finish the Danny thing first. Yeah. The cool thing about Danny, our front of house guy, is that I brought them out, and it went from this very modern-sounding kit, and I was like, this is, everything's wide open. I'm going to go ahead and apologize now. I'm just going to wreak havoc on your mix. But, like, 
And on the Luke tour, we're all, we're out with Luke Bryan until the end of October or whatever, and we don't have a ton of sound check time. And I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make your night suck. Yeah. But this is, and I was, I just told him, this is what when I this for the first time in my life, this drum set sounds the way drums here in my head, and I would like to keep it really close to this. Mm-hmm. I'll work with you. And he was like, No, nah, man, no problem. Give it a shot. And after that show, he was like, oh, there was some sympath- sympathetic stuff that was giving me, giving me a little bit of hell. Mm-hmm. If you can take that front head down just a little bit tomorrow, let's give that a shot. And you got any more snap on the top end of those toms? And I was like, oh, let, me, let me mess with it. Yeah. The next day we did, and he was like, kick drum's where I want it, really breathy. He was like, sounds great, still going to cause some problems here and there, but now I know it's coming. Um, what about the toms? And I was like, I think it's a head choice. I yeah. think I'm going to have to get like some clears or something and, and I'll try that next week. And he was like, cool, man. Like for the first time ever I had a, 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 a but he was working with you. Oh, totally. Danny's awesome about that. And I've had other guys that were just like, no, no, sorry. That's how it's done. And but there's like, no direction. There's no, right. like, well, Danny, yeah. Danny was just like, man, he even explained. He was like, he wasn't just like, oh, I don't like the kick drum. He went, man, that is so much air coming out of that drum. And he was like, do you have anything in it? And I was like, nothing, and I don't want anything in it. And he was like, all right, well, I'm hitting some sympathetics. Mm-hmm. You're getting in the way. Mm-hmm. You and the B3 are having a problem. So, mm-hmm. like, if you can get under it a little bit more, mm-hmm. that would help me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you for talking to me about this. Oh, right, right, right. Make it work. <laughs> thank you for having this adult conversation. Like, he's, he's amazing because he'll just tell me exactly what he's dealing with, and I'll just try to tune around it or whatever. So we're still trying to find it. I'm going to slap some new heads on it. This week I only have one show, and it's here. Um, and it's a it's a bigger show, so I'm probably not gonna I'm probably not gonna mess with it this week. But next week, we'll go to Missouri for a couple nights. Okay, and I'll I'll swap the top heads out on the toms and just see if it makes them a lot. And Aquarian, what were you you're using? What are you using now? I what have are you the thinking? vintage um, the twos on the toms, uh-huh. and I like the super twos, which are these guys basically like dots. You know? Okay, right. Um, and I have some response twos that I'm gonna. I've got a box, Chris Brady at Aquarian. I've been with Aquarian for, shit, I don't know, (laughs) many. Mm -hmm. And the thing about them is I don't even know what, I don't even know their line. I really don't. I call Chris and I tell him, and this is what I love about Brady as as a rep and as a person. We'll call, you know, I'll call him once or twice a year unless I'm playing Irvine or something. And, um, we'll talk about life, love, happiness, whatever. And about 45 minutes later, I go, man, I got to jump. I mean, do you need something? <laughs> and I'll go, oh man, look, I'm getting, and I told, this was the same exact conversation was yeah. that five weeks ago. I was like, oh man, whatever, man. It was great catching up with you. Look, I got this new kit coming. These are the sizes. It says Ludwig kits built like the WFLs. It's like really thin shells and really resonant. And I'm going to go full bottom with it. And, um, Send me some shit that'll sound good on that. And he was like, all right, man. <laughs> and I oh, got a box a few days later with just an assortment of like, try this head. And if, yeah. and, and if I go, man, I love this head, then he'll, then he'll send it. Then he'll send it. But, but you put it in his hands. You're like, man, just whatever uh, you he's think. He's the head guy. I, d- I did the same. Well, Andrew Shreve is no longer with Peisty, but right when I started with Peisty 17 years ago with mm-hmm. Steve Riskin and Rich Mangiacaro, I literally, that first order I ever made, I was just like, well, you you guys came to a show to sign me and you mm-hmm. saw me play. Yeah. I was like, I would use three or four crashes and a ride and a hi hat. I don't like China symbols. Send me stuff. Send me what you think will work with what you just saw me do four nights ago. And they were mm-hmm. like, sweet. I've always done that. Yeah. 
I've only, uh, I, I think once I said, man, I'd like to, I think Andrew last year, year before I called him and I was like, I want to try a giant beat ride as a crash. Can I? <laughs> and he was like, do whatever the hell you want. You know, right, do yeah. you want to? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he sent that, but I've never, they're the, they're the pros. Like, yeah, they, I'm not going to yeah. tell my guitar player what to play. Justin's a guitar player. Yeah. I'm going to just yeah. go, hey, do something cool right here and make it uglier. And yeah. he'll go, okay, and do it, you know, the head guys. And I think within the drumming community, there's people that are kind of really experts at sound and, and sound creation, and, 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 and then there's, you know, concentrating, like, we all have a certain, maybe, uh, strength in our playing. Some guys are really groove-oriented, some guys can, you know, have chops that, that do things, or their feet are really strong, and I'm sure that that, that goes across the board with... Uh, you know, industry guys that, um, that that know gear inside and out, and that's their that's their thing. Yeah, you get a guy like Joe Testa who was with Yamaha for years. And I think he's with Firth. He's like the that king name of, sounds familiar. King of A and R guys. Yeah, that's maybe Just, that's why it sounds familiar. If he's today, one of your rep, if he's your up. rep for something, yeah. whatever it is, uh huh. He's been he's been in this industry for so long, and he knows everyone, and he knows everything. Just just tell him what you're going for, and just let him send you what. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just let him handle it. Yeah. I mean, relationship advice too. No, I mean, shit. Probably for me, <laughs> it won't work. For me, for me, it won't work. But uh, you know, Brady. Listen, we we don't have that much time. But <laughs> Brady and I would get into that sometimes. We'd be like, man, look, this is what I'm going through, man. Yeah, can get my ex girlfriend to talk to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever, man. I'm, my wife's awesome, but I think you know, if, uh, you know, he'd be like, right. we we. That's the funny thing about him as a rep. I have other people that have asked me like why don't i play this head or that head and why well, you know graham's like oh, i mean i dig the heads but man i love chris brady <laughs> like mm. i mean i dig i dig the drum heads and he find, usually finds some finds the stuff that i really like i think yeah. he sent one batch one time i was like man try these and he actually said i think you're gonna smoke through them pretty quick but i want to hear what you think <laughs> and i was <laughs> called him back like two days after i got the box and i was like three songs they lasted three wow, songs. Wow, like, wow. All right, so those are for jazz guys. Cool, got it. I won't send you those again. So you're doing some uh, research and, re- and development well, yeah, there. I, I, guess, I guess so, but he was like, yeah. I want to see what you think. And I was like, I smoked through them, dude. Yeah. I just fun. destroyed them. And he was that's like, fun. all right, cool. Good. Good to know. Check. Can we just go back maybe even further? Oh, just kind of talk about uh, what got you started and what your inspir- you know, influences McDonald's draws. Were. McDonald's straws got me started. My mother, in her car, uh, would give me McDonald's straws to play on the dashboard. Yeah. She said I used to play to disco. I used to dig it. And, uh, and you know, I, I just always had a really supportive family. And none of them are, none of them are musicians. Um, I think my grandfather apparently was. When in his youth, I only knew him as a judge before he passed away, but I guess he was a violinist in Boston. Wow. Um, and I, I actually still have his violins. Um, but no one else in my family was, but they were strangely supportive of like the weird kid that hated high school, that hated school, you know, and sat in the garage and played along with, you know, crappy records. And I remember um, I was actually, the short version is I was actually in the garage, like playing like playing along with like 2112 or something. You know, I was just totally doing some egghead drum stuff, egghead drum work and uh, that all of us have to do occasionally. And um, my mom came in and had found all of her Zeppelin records. Oh, wow. And she just put them down and she went, 
slow down. She went, you need to listen. She, she, <laughs> she, she, she literally just went, you should listen to him. You should listen to this guy. Yeah. My mother. Yeah. She's, my mother's a badass. I mean, yeah. she's a raging badass. And she, so she hipped me to Zeppelin. Yeah. And uh, it was over. I mean, it was done. Um, funny thing is, I didn't really discover the Beatles except for the stuff I'd heard on the radio for years, years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, so played in bands, played in bands around D.C. That's played, where you're from? Is that where you grew up? Yeah, well, I grew up in the country a couple hours south, but okay. I was in a car wreck and I was a shitty student. My parents moved me uh, up to Arlington where my grandparents lived mm-hmm. and uh, got me out of the vortex of smashing cars and you know <laughs> <laughs> screwing up wow. and um i started hanging out with uh a guy in my high school named nathan brown is the best drummer I, I had ever seen prior to that and he was he is still the most natural drummer i've ever i've ever witnessed wow. okay. like it just comes out of him so he's still he's still playing and he plays a little bit he's actually uh like a church leader like spiritual I don't know what they call him. I'm not a church um, guy. Deacons or, or reverends or something. <laughs> he does, praise and worship leader. He, he does something. something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and he's like got a big family and he's like the coolest guy in the world. And he's still, he was my best man. He was like, you know, he and I have been together from the instant we met. You know, we've been, he's been my best friend and uh, t- t- totally different people. <laughs> but he. <laughs> that works, man. He played, uh, he played in a band called Everything that had like a song on like the Waterboy soundtrack. And they, they, they did it for a little while, like on the, th- in the, in the 311 era. And yeah. Kind of the same type of thing, okay. but cooler, in my opinion. And um, Less high. Yeah, way less high. And Nate was, I mean, he's still my favorite drummer. That, that, that dude can get down. Nice. And, um, you know, he... I just kind of exploded when I met him and he just, I saw, I saw him play smoothly and I was like, Oh, smooth is where it's at. Mm. I want to do that. And we would go see, like I would go and play with or, or, or see like hardcore speed metal, go, go like the DC stuff. Okay. Like DC. If you listen to anybody that's from DC or from that era, that area, there is something in there playing, and my bass player Tripper has pointed this out. He was also a Virginia boy, and he was like, "Man, there's just something about DC drummers. Y'all all have this weird bounce, hmm. and it comes from Gogo, I think. And Grohl has it, and John Theodore has it, and like so. Every- explain Gogo, like, um, it's like it's just this bouncy, you know. You might say a shuffly thing, but it's just this, and the kick is with everything. The kick doesn't go boom, 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 boom. That's wrong. Yeah, that ain't go go. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, the kick is with everything, and it just it just pumps. Yeah, and the thing about go go is it would hit this pocket, and all hell would break loose. Like everybody else in the room would be playing like roto toms and congas and like fucking break drums and shit like and all yeah. hell would break loose and right. people would be kind of rapping and kind of chanting and kind of leading like a revival thing and then some kind of singing and then be big key drops and it was just the, it was the best it's the best party music in the world like because you don't have to know it you just have to feel just it. get into it yeah let, let all hell break loose and That's like awesome. chuck brown and like even you know i i, I suspect that I suspect that parts of it bled out of Parliament, you know, but I don't know. Um, but in D.C., back when I was there, 
you couldn't get away from. I mean, it was it, it and hardcore were part of everything. Right. I think we forget that that there's so many things that are regional um, about this country. And even though the world has exploded as far as we see everything, we hear everything, you know, there's still things that are very unique sure. regionally, you know. Sure, even sub-regionally, like in just little towns, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. And, or even just a notion, not even like a musical style. Uh-huh. Like in D.C., there's that, there's that hardcore thing and there's that because, you know, Fugazi's from there and, you know, Bad Brains and all the, all the greats, in my opinion, and uh-huh. who, I've, who I got to see or sit in with or wow. you know and and you'd go you could go to the safari club and in really at that time a really bad part of DC. you feel like i'm in the i'm in the right spot i'm learning <laughs> i did but then there was the there was the logical part of me that was like i'm absolutely in the wrong part of town oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm absolutely not oh, in the right I know, spot I if i yeah. can get out of here alive i'm gonna glean something from this sure event, sure watching these drummers you know a text um from mike meadows one day um a couple of months ago or a month ago i was um we were playing with luke at mile high and he was like i'm at heinz field you're at mile or no old dominions at heinz field you're at mile high i'm somewhere else and he was like virginia represent the stadiums today like we were all you know like right that long that whole list i just yeah. gave you like everyone was playing that day in a yeah. stadium oh that's from cool this, like dinky little town just that's like, awesome the hell are you guys what'd you drink back in the what'd you drink in the early 90s that's right. let me get that Charlottesville. We, and you know what's funny too is like when you're sometimes when you're out on the road and you you're doing a festival run or there's a bunch of different bands from nashville and you're say in wyoming and you all have this conversation about uh, hey did you check out this new uh, hot chicken place and you're talking and you know it's right down here and you're pointing like direction you're in the middle of wyoming but you but, but you feel it's like on you're west end it's on west yeah it's, it's right down no no not that way this way wait a minute no you're in wheatsville <laughs> wyoming no, I've done, i do it all the time <laughs> i know and the funny thing feel- is i was telling i was talking to someone about um kind of the oddity of we live in the same town, but most of the people that I see, I, I was being kind of grilled about like, why do you go out every night? And I was like, well, I really don't go out. I go out with Ben and Nick and I, you know, I'll see my friends and we'll just tuck away into East Nashville or something, but I don't really go out mm-hmm. and party, yeah. you know? And the funny thing is I live in this town and most of the people that I see other than, you know, Keo and the guys that I kind of, that, that I that I make a purpose, a point to see yeah. on like a Monday night because I know we're all off, or like like this Wednesday, my my bass player and Justin and my one of my best friends Rob and you know like a, a great group of guys do this thing called MIPS at the Sutler that, that they're this week they're doing like uh, Creedence Clearwater Reviver revival songs. Oh, cool! And they're like my favorite people doing it. I'll go out for that. Yeah, yeah. But, but with a purpose, you I'll know go where you're going. Purpose. I'll either hide somewhere with my guys, mm-hmm. or I'll go somewhere mm-hmm. purposely to see something. So somebody asked you why? What? What's well, they asked me why, and I was just like, well, because I, most of the people that I know and love and am friends with, I see on the road. Like, right. I don't see them here because they're gone or I'm gone. Yeah. Or like Kent Slusher, you know, Luke's drummer. I was like, man, I'm never going to call you when we're in Nashville. I'll see you here. I'm never going to call you to come get coffee or go get food. Yeah. And it was like, well, why? And I was like, you have a two year old daughter. Yeah. I, mine is 18. She just graduated high school. I've missed nine of her birthdays. Yeah. And 
she's awesome. She's, she's lets me off the hook for a lot of that stuff, which is amazing. But when she was two, yeah. If somebody called me to go, go out, right. I, I'd be like, well, I've been out for two months. Like, yeah. fuck you. Right, right. I'm not going to get coffee with you. I'm, I'm, hang, I'm hanging with the most important, you know, person in the world. So I was like, you know, Kent, I'll see you on the road every day. Yeah. We can talk about anything we're ever going to talk about in catering. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is take two seconds from that kid or your wife, you know, like, so I don't, so a lot of guys, if they have families or, or significant others or whatever, I'm not going to call them, you mm-hmm. know, if they happen to be free that night, sure. Right. You know, but so really I see my friends on the road. I don't yeah. bump into them. I don't see Amos and Mike that much because, you know, Taylor doesn't kind of, we don't run in that same mm-hmm. touring circle. But we squeak those in when we can. But You guys aren't opening up for the Foo Fighters? No, no. No, so, so no. you don't see the Taylor the, people. Although I think that would be a pretty <laughs> rad bill. I think Randy, I bet Dave would love, I, I've, I've, oh, yeah. I'm not super tight with Dave, but we've, we've, we've hung out. I bet he would fucking love Hauser. Yeah. I bet he would, I bet he would, lose it i yeah. mean he'd love him because yeah. hauser's so so st- it's just stupid talent like he's so yeah. <laughs> he's so talented mm-hmm. like the guy can like take a nap and like i guess all right and he gets these notes, <laughs> just like, Fuck, dude really dude like it's that it's that easy for you huh that's nice <laughs> that's nice yeah. he's so t- it's so uh every night it, i bet every night there's like a moment or two where I'm just like, God, this dude. Man, I want to get into that. that. I want to get into that. I want to get into family stuff because I know you have a daughter and how you've kind of balanced that. But can we go back to what kind of what led up to Tonic? No, no, it's totally cool. The fast one is I was in college. I went to East Tennessee State University and my drum instructor there was uh, Dr. Randy Sanderbeck and that saved me. Um, because I had zero direction. I was a shitty student. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day, <laughs> my friend Nathan was out with everything, and he said, man, there's this band called Full Stop. They're like a ska, funk, soul, like revival band, and they're just nuts, and they play a lot of notes. And <clears throat> I can... You're you know, like, what are you saying? He's like, you don't even have to audition. Yeah. You, you, I can get you the gig. Yeah. Do you, but you're, you'd have to leave school. And I was like... <clears throat> I went and talked to Randy... And he, Randy's like this, he's more 70s than the 70s, man. Randy's like, <laughs> very, doesn't, barely speaks. And when he does, the word man is in there like, man, well, man. You know, he's one of those dudes. And Sanderbeck was like, man, tell you what, man, you weren't going to be much of a band director, man. <laughs> what, what were you majoring? I was going to, you know, I was going to be a band director. I was going to be like a high school band director. And... He was like, he's, I forget what exactly what he said, but he said something like, I mean, your drum line would be good, but man, you wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to see you teaching the kids how to play clarinet. <laughs> you know, I was like, shit, he's right, man. I'm going to suck. <laughs> like of all my, and all my classmates, you know, they were, they were touched for it. You know, they like, they were going to be great. And a few of them have gone on to do it. And I remember looking at this, this one guy I was thinking about, this guy named Trey Harris. And I was like, man, he's going to have a fucking great band. He's going to be an amazing mm-hmm. and sure as shit. He's in like yeah. South Southwest Virginia, just killing it. His, yeah. I mean, he's really. There were there were educators around me. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I'm not an educator. Yeah. I can. Yeah. Um, and if I have information that is specifically something that someone else wants to hear, I can absolutely disseminate it nicely uh, or pretty well. But these guys are going to touch. You have to have a heart of that. These guys yeah. are going to touch children in, in a way. These guys are going to are going to inspire kids to do 
greater things through being in a marching band or yeah. some fun. Yeah. Like they're gonna really do it. Right. I'm gonna phone it in. I'm gonna take the gig. And Randy was like, all right. And he gave me this one. He, I'll tell you later if it comes up. But he gave me the. He, he told me what to tell myself every night when I started to doubt things. And then I left. I got my car and drove up to. I go to Atlanta or DC. I went somewhere. Sat in with the guys. Started playing with them. A couple years later, and I had a very natural progression to to getting it, which was. Um, and I tell people all the time to stop fighting for gigs or trying to take gigs from people huh. just do the shit out of it and someone will someone will steal you at some point i understand <laughs> and i did that band and it was great loved them you know can you tell me what that thing was if you have the, what he was telling you like if you have that doubt he was uh I, you know what i'd like to i wish randy was here i, I wonder if he even remembers this conversation because we were like i was drinking coffee and it's like he was he was smoking a Carlton, which is like a cigarette for the mind. It's like this. It's like it's like this much filter, and this. It's like right. he was like <laughs> cigarette. That's their new ad campaign. Yeah, that's their ad campaign. Cigarettes for the mind, Carltons. <laughs> um, but he was like real briefly. He was like, "All right, man, we'll be care, be be safe, man, and do it." And he had done. He had he had toured before he became a uh, professor, and um, he was like, "Man, there's going to be a lot of nights where like you don't even know why the hell you're walking up to the kit." And there's going to be some nights where you feel shitty, you, like physically, and you don't feel like you're much of a drummer. Mm. It was like, happens to everybody. And he was like, it's, real, it's a simple math problem, man. Figure on any given night, there's X amount of people playing on the planet. Yeah. And in your time zone, there ain't that many playing. He was like, so, just to get you over the hump, right when you walk to your kit, figure your show's starting, you're in the central time zone. Yeah. Show's starting at 8.09 or 8.13. He was like, there's probably nobody else starting right then, are there? And I was like, is there? And I was like, yeah, probably not. And he was like, well, so at the very top of your show, you're the best drummer in the world. Yeah. Like, you're the best drummer in the world about to start a show right now. There's yeah. You're the only one. In your time zone at 8.13. At 8.13, in your time zone. Yeah. No one else in the world is fucking good as you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I love that. Do it. And you know what? Maybe uh, some kid down the street starts at, you know, 8.20. Yeah. I had seven minutes being the best, <laughs> you know, and, right now, right and then I, and there. I laughed then, but years later I, I actually got to that point where I was so busy and I just couldn't, I wasn't rallying every night where I wasn't excited to play. And I would remind myself like, well, shit, if you have a chance to be the best in the world for just a split second yeah. at something, I just go yeah. ahead and do that, you know, and get yeah. your, get your cocky on. And yeah. it just kind of propels me. Um, when I'm gigging in Nashville, that's I get a split second of being the best drummer. Just 93 yeah, dudes I, start are, are like at 801. 801.03. And then... You're like, uh, you're like uh, oh, I'm the fucking best. Fuck, uh, Lee Kelly just started. Already, that, 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 Damn it. That, that, wait, he took a break. Oh, Nick Buda just started. Damn it. Oh, oh. You're like, oh, I'm back on. I'm back on. Who is that? Who's that? At, oh, fuck. I don't even know him. What even, is he? What is he? Twelve? Who's this new guy with the mohawk? <laughs> fuck you! I was the best. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't practice. I just don't. You've been practicing this whole freaking. Time. Well, I mean, yeah. I just noodle. 
<laughs> you know, I noodle yeah. and drum and drum corps stuff is you know kind of my natural. Did you do drum corps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I marched with the Madison Scouts. Okay. Um, so I do. This is easy to kind of like noodle and you know, whatever. And this is quiet, so that's good. But like, I don't ever sit down in a kit and like and work on it. I just don't. Um, what about preparing for gigs or nope. anything like that? Nope. I will learn the songs. Sure. Yeah. But I won't like. I won't think about technique. So I saw a video of you playing uh, Dirks Bentley, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew you had the charts. Or on I'm guessing iPad. you had the charts on the iPad. Yeah, I just like took a picture, took a picture with the iPad. Yeah, and like flop flipped it, and then just yeah. and, and I took the pictures in order of the set that they gave me. Gotcha. Um, because uh, Steve had a family emergency, and he had to he had to bug out of Canada. And, oh wow! Uh, How much time did you have to? A night. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Get it together. Um, uh, Melanie, their uh, production assistant, and somebody else found me in a bar. Went back to the bus, made a bunch of coffee. They were like, this has happened. They're going to meet you, you know. Were you out with Randy at the time? Mm-hmm. They were okay. And um, Tom and Tom Addison and, um, and Dan, their band leader, uh, met me in the, uh, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. I was like, here's a CD of last night's show. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm going to the bus, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, that isn't even, there's not a drum set on the bus, you know? And if, and if I was at home and I had three days, I might put one or two of the changes under my hands. Yeah. But I still would have done the same thing I did, which is just write out, not even numbers, charts for chords and stuff because uh, who has time to follow that shit when it, under that gun like that I don't have time for it so I just wrote out the roadmap of bars okay breaks yeah big small ride hat you yeah. know cowboys and indians on the floor tom or whatever you know any fill that needed to <laughs> yeah that doom, 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 that's my call that I write I just write cowboys and indians that's four. awesome I know that that's four <laughs> bars of that I never heard that yeah I just write c and b uh, c and i yeah. four Okay. My charts are un- unreadable. To I anybody. sometimes write Gadfill. G- yeah. You know, or um, bucket of fish. Um, if I have a song that goes the kind of poppy, angular kind of mm-hmm. swing thing, I just write Huey Lewis. Okay. This is it. Mm-hmm. Please let me know. I just I just write Huey Lewis, and that's why I know what that beat is. First singer in the podcast. Thank you very much. Oh, just, um, you don't want me to sing in the morning. <laughs> You know what? Just loop it. You know what? I'll tell you what. Just uh, tune it. Is that all right? Nah, you don't. You know what? Don't even bother tuning. I'm fine. I'm fine being me, but just have me come back this afternoon with my with my grown up voice. With my voice at the end of the day is smoother than the, my, my morning voice. I know. I'm a little turned on, man. It, you got the good morning voice going on. Uh, man, the lady down at the map code digs my voice. She was like, "Ooh, baby, you can come in here any day and just talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have met drummers that just never spend time practicing, and there's guys that, you know, they need to spend a little time in the woodshed here and there. I'm obsessed with getting some time behind the kit, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's a mental thing that I need to get over because, you know, it's funny. We were talking to Rich Redman last week, and uh, he's like, man, I've... What did I've, Rich say about it? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I've got my facility. I've learned, you know, I've, I've got my... You know, I'd like to have feet, you know, like, you know, these guys or hands like these guys, but um, I've got my tools, 
and you know I may have to work out something before a, a thing here or there, but I don't I don't practice. You know, mm-hmm. he's so busy he, he wouldn't have time to practice if, he, if his life depended on it. But he's busy branding and stuff. Well, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but uh, he's busy crashing into success. <laughs> yes. But how is it that how is it that I feel this obsession to spend time behind the kit? To well, he probably feels the same obsession. And honestly, he like you say, he's just so busy he may not. Um, but you're getting time, time behind the kit playing maybe gigs. He's getting a lot of time behind the kit, and he's refining. But you, but Could, you, oh me, yeah, yeah. Oh man, but you know I mean, what? I know you're I'm working. A scatterbrain. But you got one gig this week. One. So what are you? Are you? You're not going to touch your kit at all. I don't have my kit's on the road. So I guess when I, I'm not. Here's uh, what happens. I'm a spaz, so I'll think, oh man, you know what? That thing I've always wanted to like do better. I'm going to work on that today. And I'll make a cup of coffee or I'll make a sandwich or whatever and I'll go in and I'll sit down and I'll forget what it was that I wanted to work on. Mm. It, I am the walking with everything the way everyone is with websites. Like if you're at work, you're doing your thing and you're like, I got to go to that website later. Mm-hmm. I got to check that. Mm-hmm. I got to look mm-hmm. overstock for that mattress I want or what. You know, you're, you've got your idea and then you get home and no one's bugging you. The kids are asleep and like no one's hassling and you're like, internet launch and shit. I guess I'll go to YouTube and look at drummers. Like you don't, you don't remember. I do that with everything. Yeah, I do that with eating. I do that with. <laughs> I do that with dentist appointment. I like I do that with everything, and I do that with drums. I sit down and I go, shit, I forgot. So I can't say I've never. You know, I will occasionally noodle around for a few minutes. So there's the the Nashville drummer jam. I saw you. I met you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you through some mutual friends, but um, had a chance to introduce myself to you. And you played Limelight for the Rush thing, yes. For the Rush thing, how did you prepare for that? Um, Don't tell me you didn't practice. I didn't. I didn't have a drum set that was. You know what? Here's the thing. I didn't. Um, my practice for that was much like the Dirks thing. I listened to that Dirks music all night. Yeah. All night long, and then all day. Um, you Lionel Richie did. I Lionel Richie did. Um, and with Rush, I would have, I would have been glad to, to, to I would have been really happy to like really sit down and play that many. I don't, I've never owned that many drums. I've never hit that many drums. Yeah, yeah. I think I have that many. No, I don't have that. Many I don't drums. own that. I've many. never put that many drums together. I don't own that amount of drums. Quite yeah. honestly, that were on yeah. that kit. Um, but I didn't have access to it. Right. You know, I saw it the day before. Yeah. You know, sure. And we you guys got, spent. You guys ran it. Ran it down. Maybe I think. We ran it down the day right. before at right. Chris Nix's place and then did our thing um, at the show. But in the weeks prior to it, I just listened to it. Yeah. Just listened to it a lot. Wow. You know, same thing with the police. I just had driven to tears just nice spinning around on my thing. I don't just listen to it because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you I, missed, of, I was out of town for that. I was so, I mean, uh, it was fine. That's I was great. the MZ. I was the MC. Are you serious? I was a little buzzed. Oh, that would be fun. I was a little buzzed. <laughs> um, and, you know, but and, I, and I'm such a sardonic. Like I'm, I seem way worse than I am. But I just, I'm sarcastic. You know? Yeah, yeah. I have like really dark humor, so I think it went over a lot of people's heads. I think I may have seemed like come off like a real prick, but who cares? Um, but yeah, I think I think. With the police, I will say Tripper and I, because Tripper, my bass player, sang it and played bass on it for the drummer's jam too. Okay. Um, so I think there was like two or three sound checks where we 
blasted through it when we had three minutes. Okay. And Oh, on the road with yeah, Randy. Yeah, yeah. We nice. were like, oh, we screwed that up. Nah, next time we'll get it. And we did it a couple times. I own part of a hot sauce company. I'd get you yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. I, I saw that. It's called uh, Mad Hatter. MadHatterFoods.com. You, are you, you going to look it up? Look it up. I'll get you a bottle. Mike Jackson, producer, resource, librarian. Uh, uh, and tell me about your hair products, too. Um, they're, they're exploding all over the world. I, yeah. I, you don't want to know how many. Uh, <laughs> no, wait. You I got to tell people, man. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I know a little bit about Kevin, but uh, you know, I need to do a little research before he gets, gets here. Uh, Kevin Murphy hair products? Kevin Murphy dot com. What? What is all this stuff? Like, you've apparently, got to put in drummer. Yeah. Apparently, he's an Australian fella, and he's very wild, widely, wildly successful in the hair product industry. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to know how many texts I get monthly from friends who are like, my girlfriend's showering with you, bro, and a picture of them. Yeah, I get it all the time. That's awesome. The worst thing is he's squatting on all the Kevin Murphy sites. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Just use your one. Get out of the way. There's right. other Kevin Murphys in the world. Yeah. There's two drummers. You, oh, really? Little River Band? Or, yeah, little, is it, what's, what's the Australian band? Little River Band or average? Little River Band. The drummer for that band back in the day? Oh. Kevin Murphy. Okay. And the producer of science fiction. Uh, um, Mystery Science Mystery Theater? Science Theater 3000. Kevin Murphy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he did another, like a shitty sci-fi movie like... I knew that. I punched my, just punch my wherever. geek card now. Yeah. I get one more punch and I get a free... Uh, or um, a free Darth Vader mask? Free Darth Vader mask, or I have the option for the laser disc. No. The full-size laser disc. Of, I, would take, um, I would love to have that mounted in a frame yeah, on a wall. Yeah, of uh, Chapter 4 Star Wars with the title Blue Harvest on it. That's so much... Anyways, nice. uh, you know, um, do you, have you, do you remember the, um, the, 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 the dog puppet with the cigar on the late night show? I, um, Triumph. Triumph. Triumph the Did you ever see the company. one with the, the Star Wars nerds? Oh, my God. It was God. like, which button do you push to call your mom? <laughs> I fell off the couch laughing. At, like when that happened, I, I almost pissed myself laughing because I was like, uh, that was perfect. And he goes up to a pregnant woman and says, we have a little Jedi. And says, oh, that'll be the closest he'll be to uh, a, a woman's, a woman's vagina. vagina for the rest of his life. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Well, yeah. Triumph. I'm pretty close to that category. And we've um, gone off the rails once again. Sorry. No, no. I I had to stop for coffee, and it happened. Man, tell me about tonic. Okay, so oh yeah, we were at that thing. Quick story. Uh, Played in that band Full Stop for a while. Um, Our friends in a band called Egypt, which was really kind of one of the guys on the East Coast circuit. They were one of the Mm -hmm. one of the big ones. Um, Drummer problem. Drummer problem. Drummer problem. Drummer problem me um i did that leads uh, the bass player of that band wrote some songs that didn't fit but were awesome that band had gone through several indie deals and we were just we were either ahead of our time or behind it and it was just we couldn't figure it out and uh we were kind of um floundering so he and i split off and started a band called earth andy that was got had a record deal in like eight months later it was like Soundgarden with the beatles singing Nice. Like all of us sang, and it was heavy, and it was cool. It was fun. Um, best band I was ever in. I mean, amazing. Um, we did that for a couple of years, few. Was it a full-time thing? Were mm-hmm. you out tra- touring? Mm-hmm. I've never had a job. I mean, I've helped some friends build houses in the mid-2000s when Tonics took a break. But other than that, my only job I've ever had was this. Okay. Um, 
And uh, a couple years later, we got off of our Warner Brothers deal. Um, Because that same kind of thing, we were either ahead or behind. No one knows. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, I started playing for Jimmy's Chicken Shack. um, Oh, wow. And did an album with them and toured with them for a while. And then Earth Andy had played with Tonic. Um, So at the same time I was doing Jimmy's Chicken Shack, Tonic... uh, the lead singer called me and asked me to fill in for a month. Um, so I did. And 11 years later, I stopped. Oh, wow. So that was a while. Mm-hmm. Didn't do any of their records with them. Okay. I always use someone else. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure why. Hmm. Maybe they just like me for live shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't like my drumming at all. Don't know. Don't know. I, they they like it. Must like something. Eleven years. Enough. They're also. I don't think they were real. I, you know, they're, they're lasted longer than most those guys. Aren't, those man. guys aren't going to have like really long conversations about the, the. As long as it gets done, they're they're fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, we never really talked about drums, mm. except the guitar player Jeff, who's awesome. Actually, <laughs> he's you know he can be a pain in the ass, but he's cool. He always had this thing about like he didn't like the bass drum hitting with the snare. He didn't like oomed four. He didn't like the two and the four with the kick as well. Yeah. Every once in a while, I would stick it in just to fucking bother. <laughs> just, <laughs> you mean but, like not, you mean you're not talking like four on the floor. He didn't like it four on the floor. He likes boom, crack, not boom, crack, boom, crack. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't like four on the floor. Mm-hmm. They, that wasn't their thing. Yeah. He didn't think it fit with their stuff. And you know, I agree on a bunch of their songs. But for me, it was really hard to not do that because mm-hmm. that's like that's all I do. I mean. But yeah, I did um, Tonic for a long time. Did some really cool shit with them. Biggest show I'll ever play. And they we did 400,000 people in oh, Poland. Holy moly. That's <laughs> Poland. Yeah. We, 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 it's all of Poland. We technically were the headliners for the Polish Woodstock. Wow. In, oh, fucking oh, eight, nine. <clears throat> Can't remember. Mm-hmm. But went over into Germany and then shot over and did Poland and it was crazy. I mean, it was it was it was like it's kind of humorous because you couldn't even see the end of the people. That's crazy. It was just like I think I see, I think I see tents on a hill way over there. Wow. I think that's probably them. You know, like it was and it was insane. Um, so I did some really cool stuff with them, but I was bummed out for a long time that I didn't do their records or didn't get to do much anything in the studio with them. That that kind of bothered me because I really loved the material. I loved playing with them, um, and I miss some of those songs. There's a couple of them, a song called "Soldier's Daughter" that I really liked playing, and um, a song called "Top Falls Down" that was kind of. It seemed like they designed it for me to play because it was exactly the way I play, you know. Um, so I, I still miss playing some of those tunes. I mean, they're 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 back out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who's playing drums for them. For a while, Miles McPherson did it right after oh, me. Interesting. When I got too busy with Randy, because I'd started doing Randy stuff. Um, and there was no like, fuck you. There was no big thing. We just, I was busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't seem to, they didn't care. Yeah. There was like, oh, we'll just get somebody else. Were like, you living in Nashville at the yeah, time? Yeah, by then I was. Okay. And they were just like, man, we'll just get somebody else. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> there was, I mean, it, I guess there wasn't, um, there wasn't enough going on for them to go like, well, we'll, we'll do this for you. I mean, it was just like, well, we can't do anything. See ya. Yeah. Uh, Miles went in and did it because that was before. He did Paramore, so he was free to do it. Killed it. I've seen some video. I never saw him do it live, but I saw some video of it. Murdered it. 
there's a Keith Urban record that Matt's on part of the record and McHugh's on the other part of the record. Um, and it's it's pretty seamless. The production is is, right. is there. But it makes me wonder how, what the personality of the takes were. It, it, well, I don't it was, know. Yeah, I don't know I don't any know story either. about that. I mean, I'm friends with Q, but strangely enough, um, we always talk about like divorce and therapy and dogs and... I asked him about his kid that lives in China and like his son is like a teacher in China or whatever. And, you know, we, ask, we talk about stuff like that. So I've never really asked him, but so I don't know anything about urban, not buddies yeah. with the dude, don't know him, yeah. but like he, he strikes me as maybe one of those artists. that's like, I keep hearing this Matt Chamberlain name. We should get him <laughs> like, like legitimately. Like yeah, yeah, uh, sure. a lot of artists are like that yeah. or artists that, you know, like, you know, well, I, that name, that's the guy you get for drums yeah, or whatever. And they'll just do it whether they, whether it's right for them or not. And, and I'm sure Matt did a fantastic job yeah. on there. But like, my point is that I think that a lot of guys in town, a lot of artists will just go, well, let's go with that name. We know yeah. rather than go, well, I'm doing something I think is different and my band does great. Now, legitimately a lot of guys in the, in town, they're like in somebody's band. They're like, I don't even know why they don't use me for the record. Well, a big chunk of them, there's a reason they're not used on the record. And they don't want to admit it, and they don't. maybe they don't even know it, but they're just not good enough. Yeah. Or it's not, they're not going to be quick enough, or they're not going to, their tone isn't right for or whatever. Right. There's, there, a lot of times there's a reason they're not on the albums, but there are more times when, where label people yeah. and artists are just like, well, this is how we've always done it. I've got my team. I hire yeah. Morrow, and this guy, and this guy, and that mm-hmm. guy, and they come in and they knock it out. Well, they're amazing. Greg Morrow is the king you know find me a guy in this town that doesn't love greg morrow and i'll find you a guy that i'm never gonna have coffee with he's awesome and sweet and kind and when i run into him in forks i'm always like ah cool and he's like hey man let's get coffee and i'm like hell yeah and then i haven't ever like really just sat down with just me and him but i love the dude but the thing is like i'll call you when he comes over i'm glad i'll just sit right there i love (laughs) i love the dude um we have a round table man I, you know, I know Keo's good friends with him, and Nick is too. And uh, you, but you know, they, if they hire, well, if they hire him, yeah, they're getting a, one of the best drummers in the world. They're getting. One, can you know, I play? You, can I learn your parts, please? When yeah, I mean, it's fine with that. I, I love mean, his parts. It's play. awesome, but you think you think well. That's great that he's getting the work, mm-hmm. and but what's bothersome is sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong, but. It, 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 it what's bothersome is you, you go like oh well the everybody at this label they're gonna hire this guy this producer because they're just used to it and his producing style might be on the tail end of this style of the genre and he might be rapidly approaching irrelevance in his producing style but they're so accustomed yeah to hiring him yeah that they won't take a chance on somebody new or whatever or, or players are the same way like you know there's there's more than two really good bass players in the city. Yeah. And there's, you know, uh, but... Do you think that's changing? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I got... Uh, I finally... Derek, um, who produces Randy's stuff, Derek and Randy let me record a couple songs for Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took five years. Yeah. Now, maybe I just wasn't ready for it. Maybe stylistically, you know, what they needed was not what I did. Um, I know that they had a wildly successful record the last record and I wasn't anywhere on it and it was a pretty big big deal so they were doing something right you know and right you and it's hard to argue uh, with Lonnie uh, Wilson played drums on it oh, yeah, great Lon, so um, and he did he did a he did a great job and 
I think maybe they had some rockier stuff and they thought, well, let's get the rock dude in here to do, to do them mm-hmm. or whatever. Don't care why they asked. They asked. It was cool. I got to do a couple songs. Sweet. Don't even know if they'll be on the record, but it was fun to do it. Yeah. And it was fun to know that it was good to know that like, all right, well, this guy I spend all this time with mm-hmm. and this, this, his producer who I know very well, mm-hmm. you know, that's cool that, you know, they gave me at least some demos to do. Yeah. Like that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I do sessions for other people. Yeah. And a lot of, I know a lot of guys that are like that. They're not, you know, they'll, they'll work for one artist and they'll be busy doing sessions and demos for other people, Right. but they don't work, they don't track for their artists. So it was nice. And I do that. So it was nice to be in a studio with him. I'd never, I'd known, I'd known Randy for six years and I'd never been in a recording studio with him. And it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice little afternoon, you know, but I don't even know if anything will be on the record, but don't care. It was just nice to have somebody go, Hey, we got this Rocky real, like, blow your head off rock shit going on on this one. Let's give you a shot at that. That sure. was really cool. And it wasn't like a sweet, I took it from Lonnie. Or, I didn't. They, no, they had this yeah. other thing they wanted to give me a shot on and sure. sweet. Sure. I think a lot of artists should at least do that where they're like, all right, well, we're getting Morrow for this thing, but maybe there's, if you've been working with this band for 10 years, five years, two years, there might be some songs that are in your, yeah. in, that you're yeah. going to record that yeah. like might fit some of those guys perfectly. Mm-hmm. Give them a crack at it. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to hurt you? 400 bucks? <laughs> I know. A couple thousand? Most of these guys spend more money on massages <laughs> in, in a month than right, right. what it's going to cost you to get try that bass player out, even if it sucks. Yeah. And I know that you've, you're playing with other people, but also there's some producing things going on mm-hmm. as well. I did Josh Grayson's last record. I think it was his last record. I haven't talked to him in a while. He might have done a record since then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, did that with him. And it was good. It was like a... Did you play drums on it too? Uh-huh. Okay. And I, that was, you know, it was a little sketchy at times, but I did. Um, but, you know, it was basically a Bon Jovi record because that's the stuff he wrote. And he wanted to be writer or co-writer on everything. Um, a couple of the guys in his band wrote songs with him. I have a couple on there with him. Um, Brad Tercy, who's in Old Dominion before Old Dominion existed, yeah. has like four cuts on it with 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 Josh. I mean, it was a but it was basically a Bon Jovi record. And you know, if you're producing, you got to make a record what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, little ostentatious at times, but uh, what it wanted to be for sure. Um, I think his relationship with with uh, PDs and label people kind of didn't help that along. Um, but yeah, I did that. Um, I think that was the one where I decided, I think I decided after that that, and I've broken this promise to myself on like, I did a, I've done a couple of commercials and um, some small demo things for, for friends or for young artists that just don't have, you know, 10 grand for four songs. Did you guys have a budget with Josh mm-hmm. to work with? Yeah, and we, and after I thought the record was done, he went back and when I went out and to play with I forget who I was with Chuck Wicks or somebody I was with, I went out and he, he hired everybody again to come back in and recut a bunch of fucking guitar, added a bunch, didn't cut anything, just added a bunch of guitar solos to mm-hmm. it, turned it into a real wank fest. He loved his guitar, boy, he wanted yeah. more, so he got it. Okay, <laughs> so you know, yeah, we had a budget, we had had. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I'm proud of it, and I think he should be too. Yeah. Um, guys, wildly talented. His talent ain't his problem. Yeah. You know, I don't think talent is anyone's problem. But yeah, I mean, 
it was a good record. I had a great time doing it. Um, I think if it had gotten legs, I think Josh and I, because he, you know, we co-produced it. I think if it had gotten legs and sold some units, I think both of us would have probably gotten opportunities to produce more stuff okay. um, around town because it was sonically thick enough to where I think a, enough artists would have been like, oh, God, I kind of want something like that. Right. Um, Did you enjoy the process? It depends. Depends on the day. and depends on what part of the process. You know, uh, me and uh, me and Josh and I are both pretty stubborn. Uh-huh. Um, and we've had, we've had some really great moments, and we've had some some you know dent each other's forehead mm-hmm. against each other moments. Yeah, but you know whatever it was uh, it was a process, and it was good, and it was creative work, and you know even if it's rough, creative work is creative work. It's right. different than it's... you know fucking laying laying brick or something. You know at least you can be creative with it, and um. And I, so I enjoyed it, um, and I've done some other stuff since then. But I think the Grace in one, it was so, <clears throat> it was so much happening, at, and even in my personal life, there was a lot going on. Okay, um, I was separated at the time, and there was a lot going on emotionally. Um, with everything that was happening, I think that was the gig where I thought, okay, if I produce again, I don't want to drum. I'll hire. One of my that's, friends. I think that's the reason why I asked. I think um, um, I, Trey. I remember running into Trey Gray. Maybe who I 10 still, years ago. who I still don't know. I don't know. I've never met Trey. Sweetheart. I, that's what I hear. Super sweetheart. All my friends are just like, oh God, you guys, you'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's no, awesome. no, I think I've met him. Like, what's up? I want to get him months. on. I need to get him on here. Uh, and uh, he, I remember seeing him uh, running into him, and he had a bunch of guys with him. They were taking a break. He goes, yeah, I'm producing this artist. I'm like, cool, man. He goes, so, I mean, what are you using in the studio? Are you playing? He goes, oh, I ain't playing drums. I got this guy, and I don't remember who it was. Um, he's like, he's badass. He's awesome. I'm, I'm getting him. He was like, and it just, it was just weird because it's like Trey is such a monster. He's such a great player. And I get I, it. But he's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm playing producer. And, and, and I think that was the first time I understood that, and I thought that kind of blew my mind. It's almost like. Well, I want to, you know, I'm a drummer. I'm going to, my son wants to learn to play drums, but I'm not going to teach him. I'm his dad. I wouldn't do that either. You know what I'm saying? I'd do the same thing. I'd right. Hire somebody. You know, you, you, you <laughs> might, you might do something to an extent, maybe a piano <coughs> player teaching their kid, but right. it's like after, Scales. after a point, but it's like, point, you know, they need to get a teacher that's not their parent. Mm-hmm. And I think they understand that separation. That's maybe, the whole point of life. Life will teach your kid more than you're going to teach him. But your daughter just graduated from high school. Yeah, I'm ancient. Eight. I'm a thousand years old. Okay, um, I'm probably nine hundred ninety-nine. Nosferatu. Um, yeah, she's Madison. Her name's Madison. Um, she's eighteen. She's going to just graduate high school, going to college in the fall. And um, I will say this about it, and people ask me about it all the time because strangely, I have a lot of friends with really with young you know, newborns or young kids. Um, that are drummers that are trying to find that balance. And I don't know that I found that balance very well. I think I um, lucked out in having a very intelligent child. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's hyper intelligent and a bit forgiving and uh, kind of an old soul. Not kind of, she's definitely an old soul. So it's not, it's not that she let me off the hook, but she said something really... Uh, it kind of let me exhale for the first time in many years, not long ago, sometime in the last couple of years. And she was like, Dad, if you worked a regular job, because I was apologizing, I think it was on her birthday like last year. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone apologizing to her that I couldn't be there. You know, 
Um, and she was like, Dad, if you worked a regular job, whatever it was, and you got home at six, and you were tired, and somebody was a dick at work all day, and you were an asshole for a couple hours, and we ate dinner, and then you went into your man dungeon and did your own thing for a couple hours because you needed to decompress, and then we spent a few minutes doing homework, and then you, we went to sleep, and we did that every day, I probably wouldn't like you. Hmm. And I would probably feel more alone as your daughter than I do knowing that you're a thousand miles away, but I, we have a running text conversation 24 hours a day. Awesome. I FaceTime you every couple of days. I talk to you at least every day, like once, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go a day or two, but generally a couple of times a day just to tell a joke or whatever. She was like, your, your job forced us to communicate. Right. And she said, if, if, if we weren't put under the pressure to, demand us to either communicate or be distant from one another we both chose to communicate and i feel lucky that you chose to communicate and and, you, and i said well i feel really lucky that a teenage daughter gives a shit about communicating with her dad and she was like we both chose that that's why we're, we're has that been a smooth thing for a long time or was it she and i are good we always have been i mean we we argue because she's very similar to me she's mm -hmm. stubborn and headstrong and you know she's uh and will serve her well pretty passionate um but, but she's smarter than i am a couple years after you know my my last of a series of corrects and mistakes and bad schooling um i had been moved to arlington and uh, by my parents Thank God they did. And um, I started going out and seeing real bands like the Carnivore thing. And friends would take me to bands. I had no clue who they were. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's go see DRI or let's go, you know. I didn't give a shit. I didn't know who they were. And I would just go because I'd be like, well, oh, let's see what that's all about. And it would be like this brash, violent thing that I either really liked or really didn't like or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I saw Slayer, you know. But oh, wow. um, I remember my friend Cajun actual name Cajun Kelly Cajun's a guitar player still works you know awesome dude uh, raging player um, I was like God I was it was right after I moved up there 16 17 um, and he went hey man you're coming to this come with me to this show we can get you in <coughs> cool didn't care he told me the name of the band never heard it before didn't give a shit walk in stand there some band plays they suck I don't remember who it was. They leave stage. Legal Tender, I think that was yeah, the name of the band. That's what it was. And then this, <laughs> and then this band started. These these three three dudes walk out. This weird looking little muppet of a drummer, and this kind of dork with long hair wearing an op shirt and like <laughs> board, like shorts, and this tall skinny black dude with a mohawk. Oh. And I was like, I know who you're talking. And I was just standing there. and I was like, what the fuck are these guys gonna sound like? And then King's X started King, like yeah. top of their show, and I just went. Fuck! <laughs> like it just put me. It 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 destroyed me. It destroyed yeah. every. I'd never heard that much thickness yeah. and space. Yeah, and like I'd heard the sound of that bass. I'd heard volume, but it was like speed metal or punk. Right. I was like, I hate that word, but it was like hardcore or death metal. It was like fast and fucking mm -hmm. violent and brash, mm -hmm. or it was really spacious, like reggae or. Or go go, you know, it, it's certain mm -hmm. down moments. Like I had never heard all of it at once. I had never heard this thickness 
and this density and this space. And from three guys. From three dudes. All this clarity and yeah. all this volume. Yeah. And literally, they just kept hitting me with every song they started. I was just, it knocked me farther back. And I was just like, well, fuck. I guess that's what I got to do. Like, I got to do that. Yeah. You know? And, but I mean, I saw them. I had no clue who they were. I had friends that would take me to these shows. Cajun was like, yeah, let's go see King's X. And I was like, okay. Don't know. <laughs> don't mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. Who, who are they? You know? And that's what would happen. Big fan. This guy? Yeah. I mean, so by the time I, you know what's funny is by the time I, by, it was, that that band is also one of those groups that, you know, later on it's kind of when I realized, oh well shit, well I'm not a millionaire, but I guess I can't really bitch about the path I've taken because I'm having dinner with Jerry and he's talking to me like he gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, oh. You find yourself in these positions. Yeah, and you look back and you're like, you're yeah. wow. I saw him when, however old he was then, and I was 17, 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old, mm-hmm. and he literally changed the direction of my life mm-hmm. without just from playing. And but, for him, it was Thursday night at the Bayou in D.C. It was just some some one of 140 shows on his calendar that year. And I remember that. But you realize that you carry that responsibility as well now. It's every once in a while it, I, I am reminded of it, yeah. and I don't think it's as there's not as much mystery anymore with the music. There's not, but but what I'm saying is, is there's guys that are looking up to you. Well, yeah, and I think that there's so many people they can find that I doubt there as many find me that, that as as I doubt there are as many of those that find me as there were of guys that found Jerry back in like 86, 87. But regardless of what the number yeah. is, if there's one, I, I, that's kind of an honor. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of heavy. And I think about that sometimes cause I think, well, shit, he did that to me Yeah, and he was playing the Bayou in DC. Mm-hmm. And years later, I ultimately was the last drummer to walk off that stage before they closed it down. And I went on to do my thing. And now Smallest show I'll play this year. We've already done. It was eighteen thousand. Hmm. So everything else is like big. Like, fuck. Maybe there's some kid at one of these shows, mm-hmm. at one one of these concerts, to sit in the back and does the same thing. And goes, fuck. I want to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And I gotta. And so as 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 cynical as I as I am, like you've seen my Facebook post. Like I'm pretty cynical. Um, but as cynical as I seem, or whatever, is sometimes like kind of off color. There is a part of me that that is very aware of the fact that um, as much as it seems like, yeah, whatever, because I seem like that a lot, because I really don't put a lot of thought into much. Um, well, it seems like you don't, you, you put thought into the things that are important to you. Well, I do, I do, but I also have become... Don't you waste w- time. You wouldn't know from things. the ulcer in my eye and my... my stomach being messed up all that you wouldn't know that i'm calmer but it used to be worse Mm -hmm. used to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) used to be less calm than i am Mm -hmm. and i'm starting to get there's so many things that i want or wanted that i didn't get fighting for it that i've decided just to recently i've just decided just kind of roll with it and see where it goes so i don't put a lot of thought into it Mm -hmm. but i do respect um I do have a respect that kind of goes against what people think of my personality where I believe in my job. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like I do sometimes, or it seems like I'm just like, whatever, I don't practice, and I just walk up and I do my thing. I've certainly got accustomed to, um, I don't get nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think anyone does at this level. I, like, now You posted something, though, when you play with Dirks, you had this, there was a thrilling nervous energy yeah and it, I, I wasn't that like was, nervous i wasn't like oh shit i understand what you're up. saying but it there was, was that 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 thing that that challenge that um was exciting to feel again it was a roller coaster yeah it was like going to that roller coaster for the first time yeah. because i thought i wasn't nervous you're gonna and, be safe you're gonna be fine but yeah yeah it wasn't a nervousness no, I, I, I know what you're saying I know yeah, what it wasn't saying. like a um i'm gonna vomit Dude, it was more like yeah. man if this thing goes off the rails his bass player is cassidy is Amazing, like Dan, like his Dilla, band is Cassidy Feesby. Yeah, he's fucking Captain Chet, man. He's the boss. Um, <clears throat> I get so excited when I see that they're on a bill. Yeah, those, I just yeah. get fucking giddy. I love those dudes. I love all of them. I love Steve. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny is that thing. I'm sad that he had a, a, a kind of a tragedy to kind of go through that, that made me do that. But we became closer because of that. And I, I adore the dude. And I, mm-hmm. I found out Dirks told me that at the end of the. After the last night I did it, I did it for like a long weekend, and he was like, "Man, thank you. You you, you really did great, man. And, and, and was, and you really did, Steve. You really did him justice. You know, mm. thank you." And I was mm. like, "Oh wow!" And he was like, "You know, I've never played with anybody else, right?" And I went, "What?" He was like, "I mean, I've sat in with people, but I've never played a full show of music with anyone but Steve." You're the only other guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank you for not telling me that four days ago. I'd have been so fucking freaked out. Right. I'd have been so nervous. That's a special bond, though. That's a special yeah, thing, especially I, in this town, especially I, that artist working with. I know Steve's been with them for. Yeah, yeah. forever. And I, 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 you know, I gave I gave the dude, I gave they call him dude. I gave Dirks a hug. And I was like, all I could say was, well, shit, man, I didn't, thank you for trusting me with it. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that he, the Steve was the only guy. Yeah. And I love those dudes, but, but like with that thing, I wasn't like, oh, I'm worried about screwing up. I was like, oh, they're so good that like, if I totally blow this, it's not going to be a train wreck. Somebody's going to stop, stop the click and that hand clap that is, comes on two and four, that'll go away. And Cassidy and I will figure out where one is. Mm. We'll fix this shit. Somebody will cue dude out on the run, out, out on the thrust. It'll be fine. So it wasn't like a, no. I'm going to screw everything up. It was a, wow, new Porsche. Somebody's going to, somebody's giving me the keys to their Lamborghini and I get to just dick around with it for, mm-hmm. I just, just don't wreck it, yeah. but have some fun. Yeah. Cool. I was excited and it was fun to do it. I think Randy had just as much fun too, because I would look over because Steve's set is stage right, kicked back. It's off center. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's kicked in a little bit. So as, sorry. So as I'm playing, like staring at Dirks, if you look just over your shoulder, the steps off the stage are right there. And Hauser would be there just like drinking and like, get it, boy, get it. All right. You know, he'd run up on stage and touch my cup. Like he was having a great time because he was, I think all of us were like, man, we've been doing this set. Yeah. For five months, every night we haven't mm-hmm. adjusted it, like because mm-hmm. we have to. We have a very, you, you know, on these tours you have a time restraint. Yeah, and you cannot go over. Mm-hmm. So, matter of fact, right now our set on the Luke tour, we're six minutes shy of our limit. You could technically fit another song in there. Yeah, but he but might, might as well. Want, but Randy might want to talk to the crowd a little bit more yeah, on that yeah, song. That, then yeah. you start running over every time. So, like, you don't want to do that. You know, you can't. There's not what we what we're doing now is like. You know, Randy's finishing up. He's finishing up the record. And he's hearing a lot of songs he might want to try out. So every every day or every other day, he'll go, hey, man, let's try this song. 
I'll put a bunch of shit into Ableton and you know some hand claps and all the stuff, and we'll try it. And he'll go, nah, or yeah, and and what we'll do is we'll just take something out and put that in, mm-hmm. so you can try it, but you can't add it because the time. So we had been, we've been in this time restraint with this exact nine song set for months. So I think even Randy was like, shit, man, Murphy gets to do like some extra music, you yeah. know, some other stuff. Oh, I know. And I love playing Randy's stuff, but it was like it was nice to go like, play cool. some more. I get to play some more, and I felt kind of honored. To do it, so that nerve. That well, nerve. not only it's because you got called, they trusted you, but then you had a chance to help your buddy out. And yeah, and I was like, thing. man, if I, if I have whatever the tragedy is, if I have something that's legitimately the kind of thing where you get on a private jet and you go home for, if mm-hmm. there's something that heavy for, mm-hmm. to to know that someone, whether I knew them well or not, was sitting on my drums and doing their fucking best. You don't need an ounce of, you know, you don't need to worry anything about that. Just knowing that anyone, whether it was Nick who covered me last month for my daughter's graduation, it's the only show I've ever subbed, whether it was him, one of my better friends, you know, or somebody I didn't even know that was just on tour with me, you know, just to know that somebody was giving it, doing as good as they were capable of doing so I could just handle my shit. That's a, that's an honor. You yeah. know, it, it's a, it was an honor to be that dude. They could have, I don't, I don't, I don't think Dirks is broke. I think they probably could have flown in whoever the fuck they wanted. You know, if they wanted to, the fact that they even considered, like, oh, you know what, let's just have Kevin do it. That was an honor. That's cool. You know. Of all the drum sets that have been sold in modern times, mm-hmm. millions. Mm-hmm. If you're making money at it, if you're playing and you're making some money, you're in the top couple of percent. If you're playing and your entire source of income is from drumming, you're in a sliver of one percent of all the drum of all the drummers that have ever lived. Right. So you should probably respect it. And once you get to a point where you're like, shit, I don't even know how McHugh feels about it, but I've been I haven't had a job since ninety three. Mm. that wasn't this I mean I've done some construction with friends but Mm -hmm. to make some extra cash but I mean my primary source of income has been this (laughs) not to say it's been good (laughs) there have been some dicey no but I think it's important to to point out that it's it's hard you get so into it that it becomes that job it becomes we get so disconnected from what people do and sometimes when you get a chance to meet that person that wants to do so much what you do it reminds you it's like oh yeah this is cool. Well, and it's hard to not go. You have to find a balance. It's hard to go. It's hard to not. Sometimes, if they catch you at the wrong time, mm-hmm. you want to you want to look them dead in the eye and go, "This the choice to do this has taken everything good from me." Mm. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. that going to do to them? <laughs> you know, because well, you know, in, in in essence, they, that and that's it's possible to to say that sometimes if they catch you in that moment where you've just broken up with somebody or you're you're you're, you and your kid aren't talking or whatever but in the same moment that might just be a moment so every time they ask if you're having a great day or a bad day you can't you can't go the opposite end of heavy either and go like everything great that i've ever gotten has come from this right neither are accurate you have to just look at them and go well keep fucking working buddy because it ain't it ain't for everybody and i've got kids man i got dudes all the time they're like and this sounds like a dick move. I'm going to sound so arrogant right now. <laughs> McHugh's, McHugh's already laughing. Three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, McHugh, if McHugh ever hears this, he's already laughing that I just said that because he's like, you always say that and then you say the most arrogant thing in the world. <laughs> but it is. The, the direct answer for the kids, or the kids, the 20-year-olds, the 25-year-olds, the guys are like, well, how do I get that next 
I want to I get the big gigs, you know, how do I get that arena gig, or how come, you know, how do I get you to use me to sub? I, I had one thing to sub, and I called Nick Buta, not because, well, I, I had a very short list of people I could call. Mm-hmm. And Nick has played with Randy. His style is similar enough to mine that I didn't think it would uh, screw up the other guys in the band. And I knew that the playing wouldn't be an issue for him if only the things he had to cue via Ableton might be something he had to learn. But I knew the parts wouldn't throw him off. Right. Um, Because we have a very similar mind for rhythm. Um, His feel is slinkier than mine in certain ways, but... It's close enough to where I didn't think, I thought, oh, well, Tripper's going to have a great time playing with Nick. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have a good time with him. Um, but when kids, when younger guys have been like, man, you know, I want to, next time that happens, you got to call me, bro. Or how do I get that gig? It sounds like a dick move. But I think a lot of them need to know that the reason they're not is that they're not my peer. Mm. We're drummers. We're mm. in the same town. But. And it's not like I'm on the big gig, that kind of thing. I'm 45. Mm-hmm. If you're 24 and you've been playing, and you're, if you're technically better than me, mm-hmm. if you're, you're shit, every kid in drum corps right now has better hands than mine mm-hmm. because the nature of the beast, the, 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 the skill set has morphed and each year has built on the year before it. And they're so hungry at 16, chewing up last year's YouTubes that there's, 16 and 17 year olds at March and WGI and drum corps they're just infinitely better than me with their hands right. now if they're on a drum set I don't know maybe they suck I don't know but it's almost, it has nothing to do with the skill and has nothing to do with me like being cocky and going I'm on the big gig because I'm not there's, there's everybody I know is like Kent and Ben and you know mm-hmm. Jim Riley and all, all those guys have bigger gigs than me I don't have the biggest gig in the world mm-hmm. so it's not like an arrogant you're not my peer bro middle finger thing it's that if you're 24 even if you're better than me what you understand and what you feel mechanically and emotionally and spiritually mm-hmm. what you what you experience wholly yeah. Yeah. on your way to the drum set mm-hmm. and during the show is different than mine and what i feel you don't even you can't understand yeah i'm 45 mm-hmm. i've lost and it's not just drumming stuff. It's like life stuff. Oh, I know. How many friends have you lost in horrible ways? How many, oh, yeah. how many divorces have you been through? How if you have, you know, children, life experience, you know, mm-hmm. parents getting older, like money things. How many times you've been bankrupt? You know, like life will turn you into a different human. And when you're a 45 year old human that has had no job but this since '93, and some kid that's been in Nashville for 29 months is chattering at you about how to get the same gig as you, right? You don't want to be a dick, but you want to go, how about you shut up? Mm-hmm. How about you shut up, play drums, trust yourself, trust your instincts, follow your own path. If, if someone likes you, they're going to ask you to play with them more right. and you'll be fine. My path is not your path. Mm-hmm. You can't understand half of the shit that I think when I'm playing mm-hmm. or I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds like a dick move. But it, I almost want to like. I guess I they am. They have time. They're going to get there. I guess I am saying they're going to get their heart I, broken. I, guess I am saying it right now, <laughs> and I hope they learn it, because <clears throat> so many people are just like, stick with it and work on your paradiddles, ma'am. Okay, yeah, do that. That ain't enough. How about shut up <laughs> first? <laughs> yeah. Because everyone has their own path, and I literally 
don't give a shit what heads you use mm-hmm. or what sticks you use mm-hmm. or whether or not you like my drums or whether or not you give a shit about my play. No one cares. No one. Even the guys that say they care, they don't. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about their bills. They're thinking about their gig. They're thinking about how to make themselves better. Now, they're listening to you, and they're going like, okay, well, cool. What are your thoughts? But when you, when you start hassling, I'm like, how do I do this? Well, no one's going to – I can't get you a gig. Like, oh, Thompson Square needs a drummer, and you want to get on the audition? Great. How many times have you hung out with Kiefer and Shauna? Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't yet. Okay, you're not going to get called. Do you know Victor? Yeah. Do you know their bass player, Victor? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Okay. Well, then you're not going to get called. I know Victor. I can put your name in for you, but I also know that Victor knows all the same drummers that I do. Right. So I know the ten likely people he's going to call. And if I give them, if I give him your name, why would he bother calling an eleventh? The other ten are all really good. He's right. probably going to find somebody he knows. Yeah. That will do the job well. And why risk? Why risk it on you? Why risk hiring you and putting you in front of? Those guys, or Little Big Town, or Keith Urban, or whoever, Randy, if I get shit canned tomorrow, mm-hmm. everybody in that band, they know some monsters. So right. me going on the way out the door, hey, this kid moved to town last year, and he's pretty good. You should try him out. They won't even bother. Right. You just got to plug it away. You got to play your drums. You got to be good. Your name will get known. Yeah. And then suddenly, people start going, hey, do you want to want a shot at this audition? Yeah. And then you, then you get it. Right. And then just go get the damn. Or you don't get the audition. You just get called for the gig. Or you just, or you just get called for the gig. My first gig here, uh, it was from a friend. I, I, you know, my buddy Tony, who has now passed away, but we we were in Earth Andy together. And when that band broke up, uh, when I went to Tonic, he went to train, and he worked his way to being in Nashville and did some like uh, I think he did Shelley Wright and he did like Bobby Pinson and he did some and he wor- ended up working with Josh and he just called me and said, Hey man. I know you're building houses this summer. You're not really sure what's going on with Tonic, but you want to get on a plane, come to Tampa, uh, learn the shit on the way. You don't have to audition. You just have to play at the Tampa Amphitheater day after tomorrow, and and you can have this gig. And I was like, sweet. Okay, I'll do it. And that's how I started doing country stuff. But like, I had a gig, and it was a. my point is that it wasn't like, oh, I'm a badass. It was that I had a friend that knew me that had worked with me. So a lot of the get a gig, you want the arena gig? All right make friends with everybody. Don't be an asshole. Shut up. Play great, as great as you are capable. Um, Soak it all in. And eventually, either you or one of your friends is going to be on that gig and... And they're going to get... And they're going to There's a social network. It's just like you. You might blow up, you know, hey, kid, you might blow up and be the... Be, be Rich Redman in three years and like the big... The, this little act that you just started with in a trailer and mm-hmm. in a van might just... Fuck, it might just explode. And three years from now... You're on the Aldine tour, and suddenly he needs a bass player. Well, all the guys you hung out with on Lower Broadway, you're going to call Johnny Stanton or whoever, one of the guys you've played with, and go like, best bass player I know. You want to do this? That's how you do it. Right, but right. Like, and we got stories like that. Yeah, that but, like, but like broing up on me isn't going to help you. I can't get you a gig. Yeah. I haven't been fired yet. I'll tell you what, when I get fired, I'll put your name in. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Ludwig. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know what? That's funny. I always say that, and everybody's like, "I want to be an endor- I want to be an endorser." I think it's more them endorsing you now, isn't it? It is. You know, um, I'm lucky to be endorsed by Ludwig, um, and this is my first year. This is I'm six months into that. Okay. Um, they signed me, Sarah Tomac, uh, who plays for Steven Tyler, um, and Maggie Rose. Uh, 
uh, Mark Poise, who plays for Tyler Farr. Right, right. And Mike Marsh, who plays for Avett Brothers, all on the same day. Nice. We're the, we're the new, we're the four Nashville guys that, that, that did deals with them this year. Um, Peisty, Symbols. Um, I just lost my rep. Andrew just went to Gretsch. Oh. Um, so I don't know who I'm talking to there now. <laughs> don't have a rep. Um, we'll see. Um, but I've been with them for 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, Aquarian, uh, Vader, and I just, I just sent that email to Chad at Vader like, will you cut me a stick? I can't, I want one that's exactly what I picture in my brain that doesn't exist. You know, like, oh God, it's going to be an expensive knife. They're gonna, I know they're going to come back and be like, sure, buy the $2,800 knife. You can make whatever you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Um... Uh, have other endorsement things. I mean, I endorse my hot sauce company, of course, but um, I don't have like quick sticks and moon gel and like all the the oh, yeah. the the, the, sure. the extra stuff. Okay, I I I don't think about it. I I will say this: endorsement or not, I love the new big fat snare drum guys. Uh, the I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> a lot of people erroneously think that it's just uh, you know when you cut the head. Away from the rim, yeah, and you you make a little disc, and you you set uh-huh. it on your drum, and it kind of muffles it a little bit. Right, um, they think it's that or like zero rings. It isn't. It, um, the closest thing to it is if you take a head, take a fourteen inch head on your fourteen inch drum, and you flip it upside down. Oh yeah, and put the head on it, uh-huh. so the rim's sticking up, and you hit it, and it just totally changes the drum. Mm-hmm. Thing is, if you hit a rim shot. It, right, the it drum flies yeah, away. The head takes off. Um, the big fat snare drum has this heavy rubber ring put into it. And it's a really uh, multiply thing, and you it literally goes from a three eleven snare like my acrylite over to my left, mm-hmm. and four inch acrylite that's reefed to the moon. Trump? Could you look that up? See that I want to big fat. You want to J C Clifford's? I know he does drum tacks. Order drum. T- oh no 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 no! no, no. It's, this it's is big. No, you, and you have to order them online. You can't buy them anywhere. So it's big fat snare drum. Just Google that, um, and give them a prop because quite honestly, they're thirty bucks and worth every damn penny. Um, my We're gonna find out here. my acrylite is bone to the roof, and I use it for high high popcorn snare shit. Mm-hmm. And you drop that on it. I have the one that's like the full head, not the disc cut out of it, and it's it sounds like heart heartache tonight. <laughs> It, oh, that's cool. It changes that drum to a fucking eagle's drum. It's they're amazing. Big f- Yeah, they come in 14s and 13s and they have some with jingles and they have others that are like donuts where the center is taken out. And I don't have the other ones. Literally this the one I use is Kios. Um he was like, "Oh yeah, they're like 20 bucks. 20 bucks, 30 bucks, some of them. They're they're between 20 and 30 bucks." Um So check that out, Big Fat Snare Drums. And that you're not endorsed by them, but you're just I'm not. I'm just giving them props because you know what? They make a good sh- they make good shit and it's cool and it's needed and for a guy like me, you know, for Goodnight Kiss and Moonlight, I need a high snare sound for the new song we went um and Growing younger, a couple other ones. I need a low snare. I like that. It's like, I literally would need four different drums over here, but I have that, and I'm gonna order. The, I stole this one from Keo. I've been using Keo. Was like, oh, I got this one. So let me try that, and I took it. I'm never. He's not getting it back. So I've got to replace the one I bought. For, I, I got to buy one for him. Do they um, last like heads? Or do they, can you? I mean, oh, longer. I've been. I've had it for three months. Okay. And I don't have any other heads that's made it three months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna get the whole series in all sizes. I'm gonna get all of them. I'm going to order every one they have. Um, 
because I have a 13 I'd like to try and see what it does to it. And I just want to see the difference. There's one with jingles built like tambourine jingles mm, built into the head. Cool. I want to see if it does anything. I mean, that may be one of those things where unless the mic is like right on the jingle, you don't hear it at all. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to get I'm going to order all of their shit. If you're doing an acoustic gig or some sort of coffee house thing, that might, might be, be cool to change things up. I, yeah, I'd like to invest. I only have the one that's a full 14-inch head. I haven't talked to them. I don't even know if they have like deals or whatever. Don't care. Um, it's it's cool. It's a great idea. Um, the people that think it's just like a zero ring are terribly mistaken. Um, it's a really great. But I keep a zero ring in my case underneath a spare head for that kind of situation, and maybe I'm missing the boat. Well, you might. It going. might be good if it, if you just want it to deaden up a little bit and get rid of some some yeah. ring, get rid of some, add a little more thumb. But sometimes but the if ring. If you're to, using brushes, like if I'm using brushes, just. Sometimes ring. that ring gets it gets knocked out of the way. Right. If I got a full head on there, I got some more surface to play with. Yeah, and it, it's slick, so yeah. it's not like a textured thing. Gotcha. But um, I'll tell you what, it's worth getting the the full one. I think everyone should have one, if for no other reason. If you need to take a drum from really high to really puffy in an instant, mm -hmm. you could literally. It's so easy. I have my backup snares right here, but I yeah. don't. I, I just kind of know where it is. I'm like mm -hmm. a pro shooter. Like I know where <laughs> all my shit is without looking. If I go like this and drop my thumb into the top rim of my backup snare, that's where it lives. And yeah. I just pull it and drop it on my side snare. I'll do it while I'm playing in between the verse and the chorus. Nice. And just go. And it's, you don't have to aim. I've got SPDs and shit. Right, far left. I saw that. So I don't have a lot of real estate over there that isn't mm -hmm. electronic. So mm -hmm. really, just like at seven o'clock, you know, if you're if this is like seven to five thirty mm -hmm. is my drum world, and back here I don't really have, I can't do anything with it. I don't mm -hmm. have any space, mm -hmm. so it I only have room for one. And right over it is PD eight where I launch. You know, I have like a cougar scream at the end of our show. It's really amazing. It's like a lady in her 50s screaming. <sighs> That's the next one. There's some guys that have drum keys. They endorse drum keys, specific keys. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking drum key, man. Like, <laughs> you put it on, you turn it, and things things get tighter and looser. Like, I never thought to. Right. And it's awesome. Maybe they get like, maybe they're rad ass keys and they can get their own special, you know, special. Kraus key or whatever you know like i don't know oh you've heard of it <laughs> I, i'm gonna pick one up today at forks i'm gonna go by there after this but i you know i don't so i don't have um i don't have like a t-shirt brand i don't sure sure but i don't i'm not grinding it out or crash coursing it i don't have like my i don't have my brand that i'm trying to do i don't have i mean I, me and randy have laughed about making a t-shirt just because it would be funny but I don't really, uh, good for those dudes. Yeah. I don't think about it. Um, I think Rich is doing particularly, like, really doing what he is supposed to. That, kid, that kid's an educator. Like, yeah. That's his thing. And I've seen one of his, I've gone to one of them, and his, his part of it I thought was stellar. I mm -hmm. thought it was like, you know what, I, I you know. Playing drums is one thing. Being a presenter, being an educator, being—I mean—that's that's another his, thing. And his you thing is have going to, to a different. His thing is going to a different place. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. No, he and and, and I, and I give and Rich, you know, Rich and I, you know, we give each other shit, you know, like constantly, face to face. It's 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 a blast. But but 
you know, the bottom, you, with Rich, what you see is what you get. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't get that. That guy wakes up mm-hmm. and uh, after six hours of sleep after if that. Yeah. If that mm-hmm. um, he wakes up, puts on his show clothes pretty much to go get coffee. And he's thinking about some project yeah. that he would like to implement mm-hmm. before his feet hit the floor. Right. And that energy of like, hey, buddy, like that's that's Redmond. So the funny thing is, if I thought he was putting it on, yeah, boy, I'd give him, I'd give him a. If I acted shit. like that, people would see through the facade. Well, and that's why he's, he he's, calls me the delightful curmudgeon. <laughs> that's 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 the name that Rich has has given to me years ago, and I love it. I, you know, because you know I can be very positive sometimes. Like if if I'm trying to help somebody out or whatever, sure. But like I am, I am that guy that needs a couple of espressos before you ask me a damn question. Mm-hmm. And I am that guy that like slowly gets rolling, but then, you know, I have, I have my mood swings. Mm-hmm. I have my things. Rich is just on, on. he's on, you know, yeah. and it's pretty, it's pretty. I appreciate what he's doing. Cause quite honestly, somebody's going to benefit from it and he's benefiting from it, you know, and he's building a, a brand as, as much as I like to mock that term, but he is, and it's good. You here's, know? here's what I'm going to say, man. If you haven't heard his interview with us, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Is it just all about Legos? It's part of it is Legos. If, if this guy, he, <laughs> on the other side of that door, is the biggest collection. Like maybe we'll post a picture. It's of it. the biggest pile of Legos I've ever seen. And I think, you know what? I'm a little pissed off that we I hadn't come by and seen this before because I would have made, I would have demanded that I was a, I was the first. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to be like, fuck it, man. Let's inter- let's do the interview while we're like making Legos. You know, when, when, and when you do that, it's going to shoot. This shit is going to shoot through the roof. <laughs> and I want it known here that when people are going to be like, "That's so fucking cool! I want to go do that. I want to build a Millennium Falcon while I'm talking about drums and having scotch." You're going to do that one day, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and I want I want you to know right now that I I should have been the first one. I'm a little pissed off. I got a wooden shaker. You know, the mics can't pick up. I have a I got feeling. No scotch. I have a feeling. I got Venetian Reserve. You've got enough. You've got. <laughs> I'm coming back for Legos and Scotch. You, you've got enough to it. talk about, man. We're gonna have to. Ha- we're gonna have you back again. That, that's the thing. Morrow's, I Lego Greg Morrow's gonna be here. He's gonna be. He's gonna be doing that, dude. Right if you, I, I'm gonna dude, bust. I'm gonna bust your shell open. If you're like, hey, Morrow Murphy uh, had a really great idea, particularly for you. Um, <laughs> would you be willing to sit at our Lego table? And put together this Millennium Falcon while you tell us about the nine thousand albums you played drums on. If you do that, I will buy you a cake. I will buy you a cake and I will bring it. Actually, you're a health guy. I will. Yeah. You know what I'll do? Kale cake. I will get you. You pull that off. I will. Your choice. We're recording right now. Yeah. Right? I, your choice. I drink it, man. Dinner of anywhere between Cane Prime and down. Don't go above. Don't do that Hermitage bullshit on me. Um, <laughs> Or I will give you a month's supply of an assortment of fine Keurigs for your machine upstairs. Mm. Mm. I will give you something. I will take you drinking. Whatever it is, you got to get Morrow to do that. If I could see... That is a round table of Star Wars shit. Like, that's the round table, dude. You sit in the middle. We sit around you making Legos. What the hell are you doing sitting here in the corner with me next to this turntable and... Like, fuck, this is bullshit. <laughs> this, not, this, this interview is bullshit, and not just because I'm on it. It's because we're not doing Legos. The Behind that wall right. is a 
veritable, it's a veritable wonderland of Legos. Drummers never grow up. Man. You're gonna have to show a picture. Please do that, so I don't. Because so, you're gonna take it. Please take a picture of that and put it up right now in this. Like right, ready, right. Lego picture. And Millennium Falcon close up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Pile of random pieces. Easy enough. At at. <laughs> and back to us. That's what I'd like you to do. <laughs> Did I just produce a segment? Sweet. Give me my credits, iTunes. That's good. And you know what? I'm going to close on that because I can't Excellent. top that. Excellent, brother. Thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, Kevin. I'm coming I back for the Lego roundtable. I'm going to do it. I'll bring the scotch. Thanks, everybody. Bye. So there you have it. There's our interview with Kevin Murphy. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed, but we were filming that. We are preparing for a YouTube channel with a video portion of this podcast. Um, So looking forward to that. I want to thank Kevin for taking the time to sit down and talk to us. Also, again, want to thank Mike Jackson for uh, all his technical help with us getting the cameras ready, the audio ready, and all the good stuff that he is able to provide that I have no clue about. But again, uh, check us out on workingdrummer.net or on iTunes or on Twitter or on Facebook. And uh, if you like what you hear, please make your voice heard. And we appreciate everyone's input. Thank you so much. Hope to see you around.